Welcome to the Clary Podcast, a division of Aaron Clary, LLC, brought to you by assholeconsulting.com. Aaron Clary, Chairman and CEO. And now, your host... Captain Capitalism himself, the world's only professional asshole, Aaron Clary. Oh, good morning. It's not a good morning, you can tell immediately. It's morning. There's no such thing as a good morning. I don't know how you guys do it. I, uh, the old captain, it's, what is it? Is it nine? It's nine. The old captain's been up since 7 and had to go to the office with the GF because we're going to go. Now, she don't know this. We're going to see the great Matt Baldoni, who conveniently flew out to the Midwest and is performing at Black River Falls at the Ho-Chunk Casino. He says, you ever hear of Black River Falls? I'm like, yeah, I drove through it a million times when I used to live in Milwaukee and Chicago go back and forth between, you know, the Twin Cities, and I'm like, yeah, it's right, it's right there. And he says, we're playing out there. I said, you're kidding. I said, when? He says, the 16th. I say, you know what, that is uh, coincidental because my buddy, best friend of Milwaukee, she's getting married for the 14th, 15th, 16th fucking freaking time. But I try to do curse free because I'm tired. I'm like, we're going through that night. I'm like, yeah. So we got, we got a hotel over in Black River Falls. GF doesn't know that Matt's playing or that we're going to see him. And uh, the only problem is is that we got a, the geography. There's no reason to go back up north to the WBL. Um, it just makes sense to go to the city in St. Paul, suburbs of St. Paul. And then um, skedaddle a little bit early before rush hour starts and make our way into Wisconsin. <clears throat> and then, um, yeah, we'll go see the great Matt Baldoni perform. If you haven't, if you ever go to Vegas and you guys like the Bee Gees, I can't, I can't recommend it enough. I, it is not my type of music. I, I am about as, as tired of it as he is. Cause like, I'm playing here. I'm like, oh, okay. He's like, do you want tickets? I'm like, no, no, I don't. I, I've heard I've, I'm staying alive enough times. And, and he's kind of the same thing. You know, you, you play it day in, day out. You don't. It, it loses the novelty. Um, but as I said before, when I was in Vegas this past winter, it was great just seeing Matt play at the local, you know, country bar rocking on his guitar. That was, <clears throat> that was really cool. Anyway, so the, the stars have aligned where old cabin, I've been getting up early. I've been getting up eight, eight thirty, whatever, but I mope. I mope around. There's a moping phase. There's the wake-up phase. There's the stay-in-bed, even though you're awake phase. And you break out the laptop. Laptop is right next to the bed. That's my commute. I lean over and I grab my phone. There's my commute. Screw you guys. Sometimes, the bigger commute, then I go upstairs to get my laptop if I didn't leave it downstairs. And I go back into the bed. Have the covers cover my legs. <clears throat> Put the laptop on uh, my thighs and do my work. Answer my questions. <sighs> I 
Okay, just just so you guys know, here's a little bit of financial advice. Because this this happened. When I answer my I got my online classes, my finance classes. Let me let me give you guys this one, some free free advice. Just because you contribute money to an IRA or a 401k doesn't mean you invested it. You actually have to then go and invest the money. And I ran into the third person now who, what was it? He or she, I can't remember. Doesn't matter. Multiple people have said, well, I put my money in the 401k. I didn't know you had to invest it. And so the money sat there as cash for like a decade. One guy was like 15 years. And I'm like, "I, I can't. I can't help you. <laughs> I, I can't go back in time. How did you not know that you, I mean, how do you get to the point, look, if you're responsible enough to start saving away for a 401k and an IRA, and that many years ago, God bless you, but the, this is why we need to educate kids on basic personal financial management. I know you public school teachers are too busy telling kids to look at the color of their skin and what their plumbing is and to come up with imaginary genders and then to blame white people for everything. I know that you're, you're teaching those kids that. But in between all that leftist communist indoctrination, could you teach them something practical like compounded interest? Exponential math? The S&P 500? Oh, I would presume you teachers yourselves even know anything about finance yourselves and aren't indoctrinated Marxist. Can't curse on the Curse Freak podcast. Twitwads yourselves. <laughs> so, I had to wake up early. I didn't have my moping phase. I didn't have the sit in the, in the bed phase and have the coffee phase and have another cup of coffee phase. And then by about 9 or 9.30 you know, the final wake-up phase and maybe get your ass out of the house phase. Nope. Cold start engine. We get up, shower, pack my stuff. GF is, what, is that all you're packing? Yes, this is all I'm packing. Do you need more? No. No, as a 43-year-old male, I do not need more. I'm quite confident that what I need, I am packing right now. Are you sure? Because would you like me to pack five things of boxer shorts? Don't tell me you girls don't all want to be moms. You all want to be moms. You all want to be moms. That's all it is. You all want to be moms. You want children. And if you don't have children, you're going to go find some guy and treat him like your child. And then it's just, you just got to look at him. (laughs) I got a line. You just say, find out what her mom's name is. I can't mention what her, her mom's name is, but yeah, let's say her mom's name was uh, Beatrice, which it isn't. But I say, okay, Beatrice, and that, oh boy, that shuts them up real quick. <laughs> so whatever the mom's name is, if they just get up in your shit a little bit too much, you say, whatever, Beatrice, okay, Beatrice. And then they, and then it stops. And then the, the punishment is there. They're disciplined. The girls know that you're that they're riding you a little bit too hard. Don't know what it was this morning. I, maybe because she's like in her zone. Because that's what you know you you people do when you commute. You get in your zone. You have your routine. And I think I was throwing her off. Because normally I'm still asleep. It, it, it's a game we play where she kisses me good, goodbye before she takes off for work. And the question is whether I remember it or not. And then half the time, oh, no, you were totally out. You were totally out. You you don't remember any. I'm like, no, no, I didn't. And this times I'm like, okay, I, I vaguely remember a tall gal kid giving me a kiss goodbye. And then there's some times where I'm kind of like up. I'm like, hey, you going to work? 
You want to stay in bed with me and have coffee? And we just like, you know, screw around? Oh, okay. I guess you have a job. I guess you got, you know, you're an adult. You got a career or something. But, uh, you know, I'm brushing my teeth. I'm getting pelted with questions. I'm barely awake. I'm barely awake now. The whole system's thrown off. Did you pack this? I'm like looking at her. And a saying from my grandpa, even though this is the cursory podcast, is, do you want me to shove a broomstick up my ass so I can start sweeping while I'm at it? <laughs> oh, my grandpa was the greatest. I had two grandpas, one in the European theater, the other one in Pacific. He was on Iwo Jima, my, my grandpa in the Pacific. And they could not be two more, not diametrically opposed, but two different types of personalities and characteristics. The one on my dad's side was straight up out of Compton Lutheran, Wisconsin Synod, Octung. I mean, he he uh he made the Nazis look like kind people. Um he wasn't mean, right? But I mean, he was straight laced. They would he, he they would iron laces. They would iron the laces. That's how straight laced he was. You couldn't even bend, you couldn't tie his shoes cuz his laces were that straight. And good man, just a good man engineer, great provider, but, you know, a little bit on the cold side. And then the other one was just happy to make it off of Iwo Jima alive, that he was just all about life, and that was the fun grandpa. This is the one, get your candy, buy you a ball, take you fishing. We'd have Miller time. He'd, he'd take me to Miller time. And um, and Miller time is I get a root beer, and he'd get an actual Miller, or probably something a little bit stronger. Uh, so we go, he'd take me fishing. Oh my gosh, that was so cool. Oh my God, going fishing with Grandpa. Like, wow, we can fish him. Oh my God, I can go. And you shit, get out, come over here, sit down. All right, now here we go. Put it, put, put the thing in the water. All right, there, there you go. You dumb shit, you can't do it. <laughs> and so after whatever, we always had Miller time. And uh, I go, oh boy, we've got Miller time. And, and I would get a root beer, maybe a root beer float. And we go to the American Legion or the VFW, some some bar, and there's all the old vets there, and they're all drinking and everything. And they're like, check, check, get, get my kid a root beer, get him my root beer. And, and you're sitting there at the bar with the other adults, and you're like, oh, wow, this is so cool. <laughs> oh, I'd murder puppies and children to go back to those days. I would, I would love to see it. Anyway, um, don't know where that was going. Um, so I was barely awake. Oh, that's, yeah. So he, he's the one that came up with, with the sayings. He always had the sayings. That was the dirty, not even dirty, just, just the brutally honest one. Like, what do you want me to do? Shove a broomstick up my ass and start sweeping for you? Get off my ass. Because everybody loved him so much, you know, you know, he'd walk in and then my mom and my aunt, you know, his daughters, uh, everybody would flub it. Get, 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 get shit away from me. I, I just let me sit down. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Get over here, you asshole. Come on, how you doing? Hey, give you a big hug. <laughs> oh, man, that guy is a saint. Oh, anyway, so the gal, you know, she's, what do you need? I can't even remember what it was, but it was just like, will you F off and go away? I'm barely conscious enough to brush my teeth. Thank God I remember. I was very proud of myself this morning. I remembered that I should floss my teeth while I was showering. I was half awake. Half awake reminded me of when I actually had a real job in this BS you guys go through every day. 
get up barely conscious. You just immediately put yourself in the shower and maybe you wake up a bit. I was kind of like, uh, I'm like, oh, there's the floss. And I always put floss. This is a good hot. I know this sounds stupid, but uh, a good habit to get into is put your floss in the shower, guys. Look, most of you guys don't floss, right? Everybody should floss. You don't want tooth problems later on, all right? So I always have the floss in the shower, and then that way I just sit there and I floss, and I'm kind of barely awake. And I, although normally I shower like 3 p.m. because that's when I'm working out. But this was back to the olden days where I had to actually commute. <clears throat> so I was in the shower, okay, I floss, get out, barely awake. I'm like, oh, yeah, I should I should brush my teeth after I floss. That's usually what you should do. I'm brushing my teeth, and, you know, pick, 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 pick. I'm like, just looked. I'm like, yeah, what is it, Beatrice? <laughs> and then it immediately stopped. I got a look, but it stopped. The nagging, I don't even know if it was nagging, but it was just like, you're like, ah, go away. Then we hop in the car, and I honestly don't know how you guys do this. I, I don't know how I did because it it's it's not like I never did it myself. I did do the commute thing, but I was introduced to this world. Because remember, I'm normally in the bed with my laptop having my coffee with my jam jam still on. And then we commute. And it's like 7.45 and there's traffic. <clears throat> and everyone's driving like everybody. Nobody operates at 100% at 7.45 in the morning. I think everybody at most is at 80%. And when you consider that 100%, you're all checking your text at the stoplight. You don't realize when the light turned green, you're still sitting there. You got to honk your horn. One of these days, I'm going to put a snowplow on the front of my truck. I'm just going to ram you fuckers into the road. So I'm I'm just, I mean, it, it was a reminder, you know, like I'm kind of watching it as a show. I'm like, well, okay, let's queue up at the metered ramp. All right, here we go. Oh, okay, now we got onto the highway. Oh, we're all driving slow. Nobody's paying attention. Hey, look, some idiot semi-truck drivers thought it'd be a good idea to come through the main through fare over on 35E. We're in St. Paul. I don't know why you guys decided to come through in, you know, rush hour time. I would have bypassed it or got myself a coffee and waited till the rush hour ended. And then, um, driving, 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 driving. And then we're, we're off <clears throat> into the burbs of St. Paul. And now I am here in Whitey McWhiteville, where the whitest people ever whited. And um, now I gotta kill the time. Now I was gonna write, but I'm too tired. And uh, my girlfriend's driving is too erratic that I actually kind of got a little ill. I didn't throw up or anything, but I, I was just like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not gonna write. And I'm too, uh, it's too taxing. It's too taxing. How you guys do this commute every day? I know you're sheep. I know you don't realize it, but if you ever separate from it, I guess it's like, you know, escaping from North Korea, you'll never go back. Anything but going back there. I I don't know why you guys do it. Well, I know why. Because you have to. Because you've signed up for mortgages and debt and car loans and you had to have that great car. And I'd like to say, I would like to say, um... The majority of my listeners, oh, no, you're all minimalists. Oh, no, we, we all we all avoid debt. And no, no. Then I see people sign up for brand new cars. I see people go and get mortgages. 
And kind of like Donald Trump with a trillion dollar deficit. Now, I know the Republicans say X, but you all behave Y. Doesn't matter what you paint yourselves as. You guys are all... There's no difference. There's When it comes to preach versus practice, you guys practice, don't want you preach. And you look, and I'm kind of like, okay, you're all going to get your debts. So I know why you guys do it, because you have to. I just don't know why you guys do it. I... No, <laughs> this is horrible. I feel I feel like I'm hungover, and I didn't even fucking touch booze. Uh, this is this is miserable. And now I'm I'm reminded. I'm starkly reminded. Like, yeah, I'd be in my cubicle. I'd be looking at a screen or some Excel spreadsheet. There'd be a meeting at 10 a.m. I'd have to be getting ready by now, and I'd go in there half dazed. And then uh, there wouldn't be anything intelligent discussed or said because bankers are morons. Plus, they themselves were not really terribly awake. I mean, why do we do this? Why? Why do you employers force people to come to the McWhitey McWhitewhiteville? Why do we have to go to these these, uh, facilities? City, I don't know if you're working or not. So, yeah, now the captain gets to uh, kill time in... um, well, I could tell you where I'm over in Woodbury. And um, Atham, look this up. Woodbury. You know you know how pasty, white, bland that sounds? That's exactly, whatever is in your mind right now, that's exactly what it's like out here in the Woodbury. It's strip mall, not even strip malls. Like uh, Strip mall was a unique thing. 70s and 80s, you had like the Blockbuster or whatever. This is... They're developments now, as I guess what they're calling it. But there's like a, a grocery store, and then there's a, you know a little sandwich shop, and then they got the Walgreens, and and uh, there are no well, of course it's Minnesota, but there are no minorities out where I am right now. Um, and the houses are just all perfect and picturesque. The the lawns are manicured, even though there's snow out there. But everything's manicured perfectly because of the HOA. No one's in these massive houses because they all have to go work at the slave camp to go ahead and afford these houses that you drive by. You could. You could walk walk through these neighborhoods. There ain't no stay-at-home moms. You got to have two people working to pay for the mortgages on these things. You could just walk through. It's a ghost town right now. Just go walk through Woodbury. And there's just nobody around. Maybe the garbage man's coming through to pick up the garbage. Maybe there's, you know, the FedEx guy dropping off a package. But these houses are all empty. And so, I walked into the office with the GF, and I looked at all the other white people. And I'm like, oh, hey, guys. You're going to do your thing that you do for eight hours a day, looking at the screens and talking? Okay, cool. You're going to have your coffee? That's good. All right. I was thinking about taking a nap in the car, but um, I don't know. Once you're up, you're up. Just want to be able to sleep. That would be nice. Maybe I will. Maybe I'll try and like actually go to sleep. Try and take a nap. Get a little bit of rest. Sleep here in in the Woodbury. I have to worry about getting mugged. Not because there's no, it's, because it's a bad neighborhood. There's just no people around. Everybody's everybody's over at the camp. Everybody's over at the concentration camp. Everybody's working. Everybody's contributing the GDP. 
kind of like Dillinger. I don't know. You ever see that movie Dillinger with uh, Johnny Depp? And he's just kind of walking through the uh, the police department. They're all looking for him. Like, you know, he's public enemy number one. I think that's what the movie was, public enemy number one. And um, he goes to the police department. He just starts walking through it because they're all not paying attention at all. And it's kind of like that. I can just walk through these neighborhoods, walk into these people's houses. No one's there. Walk through. Not to be that voyeuristic or dark. I'm just think. I'm like I'm looking right now. You guys, you can't you can't see it, but I'm looking and there's these this development right across from me, and no traffic has been going in or out of it, and the blinds are all closed on the on the houses, and you're just kind of looking at it and like, okay, that house. You and you can see the sign starting at three hundred fifty thousand. Like starting, starting three hundred fifty thousand. You can retire on that by today's dollars. You think okay, so you you, you spent you know three hundred fifty on the low end, probably five hundred on the median. Half a million dollar house just sitting there. What do you? And you're not even using it. If I spend half a million dollars on a house, I'd be in that house the entire time. Wouldn't be working in some office. I wouldn't just use it for a place to sleep. And you look at it. That's really, I guess, what's kind of kind of perplexing me. You got these big massive houses, and you don't even spend any of your waking hours in them. And they're basically just places for you to sleep and store your crap. If you got rid of your crap and you just like had yourself a nice little futon or something, or just a one bedroom, you know, you can you and the missus can you, you just you don't need a house this big. You don't need these. These are huge. They're huge. I'm just looking at them. They're huge. These aren't even the biggest ones. That one right there. Holy cow! Look at that. You you would need a family of five to live in. There ain't nobody out here with a family of five. Everybody has the one point three kids. Everybody's working. The kids are off to school. Parents are both working. And these houses, these big monstrous houses, just sit empty. I guess it's a waste of capital, is what I'm kind of figuring. Like something else could be done there. You give me one of these houses, I could like fit at least ten people to live in them. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> Who was I talking to? Somebody said one of the homeowners associations required that you had to leave the garage door open because all the Mexicans were having people live in the garages, so they wanted the garages to be open to make sure you... And I, I look, I disagree with it. It's like, well, one, you're here illegally, so go back to your freaking country. But aside from that, I'm not against that. They see, at least the Mexicans, they understand, like, oh, dude, you know how many people you could fit in here? <laughs> Always look at that with houses. Like you go on the, the the GF likes to go on the the parade of homes. So you walk in and like, this is the study room. This is the den. This is the bar room. This is the that room. This is the that room. And all I think is bedroom, 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 bedroom. Like how many people can we fit in here? And how many people can I rent it out for? What can I rent it out for? And that's that's what I kind of look at. Like that's not a den. That's that's a room. No, that's not that's not a, a a pool room. That's a room. That's a bedroom. They're all bedrooms. You either have bathrooms or bedrooms. Maybe there's a dining area. I'll grant you that. But it it I was looking at him like, no, that's a bedroom. No, that's a bedroom. And that's a bedroom. You could fit like twelve people in here. I could charge my buddies a ton of rent. You know what the cash flow potential of this house is? And then you Mexicans, you go a little bit too far. Hey, let's store people in the attic, let's live in the garage. We'll put some tents out back. It's like, no, 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 no. Okay, now, now you're reaching. You're reaching way too far. Plenty of houses out there. And if you were like, you know, 
basically the Mexicans and the immigrants are the equivalent of 1980s children back in the day where it's like, yeah, you had bunk beds, you could fit two kids to a room, maybe three. You know, everybody had one bathroom, you had to get in line. Dad went first, then Ma, then the kids went later. You know, that's that's how well, that's what it was like in the 50s. You know, like, yeah, you'd share, you know, what, what Ward and not Ward. Wally and the Beaver. They shared a room. They had beds right next to each other. That way they could talk and discuss things. They could advance the plot of Leave it to Beaver. Otherwise, if they had separate rooms, they wouldn't be able to talk with one another. Then you, there wouldn't be funny hijinks or, or, you know, the Beaver acting all innocent and then Wally just, oh, Beaver. Oh, gee, Wally. Um, I'd like to do sponsors, but I'm not going to. Uh, the reason I'm doing this is because I didn't want to write because writing takes a lot of effort. You have to sit and think. Um, I just want to do this podcast. Kind of want to go back and go to bed. Don't know if I can sleep in the car. I think that would scare people. See, that's the thing. You get out here, it's kind of like golfing. You you schmoes. I, so I ended up liking golfing out in Vegas. And I don't I don't wear the khakis or whatever you're supposed to. I put on my, my sweatpants and my black hoodie. People are like, what are you going to scare? The, are you scaring people? <laughs> Isn't there a dress code? Because I take a picture. Hey, look, I'm golfing. And people are like, you're dressed like that? I'm like, dressed like what? You know, it's cold out here. Nobody, nobody cares. Like, I think you're going to scare people with that black hoodie and the hat. And I kind of look around. I'm like, you know, yeah, maybe I am. I never thought about that. <laughs> like all these old retired guys. And here's this young whippersnapper with his hat on and a black hoodie and sweatpants. And I do kind of look dumpy because it's basically my pajamas is what I was wearing to the golf course. And that was the same thing out here in the Woodbury. You know, what if I just, like, fall asleep with my hat, you know, over my eyes, I'm in the passenger seat, just the seat rolled back. Is is Officer Jones going to come up and say, are you all right, son? Yeah. You can't be loitering. Like, am I loitering? <laughs> if I sit in this parking lot and I just take a nap in the car and, you know, scare the living hell out of all the other people that work in the, work in the corporate office, oh, he's sleeping in the car. What's wrong with him? It's one thing I... I always found interesting is to be successful, you know, statistically odd successful. Like you don't answer anyone, you know, you got my situation and things are paid off early. <clears throat> you can retire early or you're independently wealthy or whatever. Like this, this take whatever measure of financial success you want. And then everybody questions you when you don't behave exactly like them. And you got to say, look, Different behavior, being different than you, is going to lead to different... Like, if I want to be successful in whatever capacity or regard, I can't act normal. There's going to be points in time where my behavior is going to vary and defer from what is normal sheep behavior. I remember one time I was I was writing my the, the text to my online class. I was 23, 24. I brought this big honking laptop back when they were big into a bar, and I remember, it, to this day, my buddy's saying, dude, Aaron, why don't you relax and chill out, man, it's like, I gotta write this, I gotta get this done, you know, that's, that's paid off in spades, but that's, that's the thing, is like, okay, this person here, he's doing something different, she's doing something different, and they might end up sleeping in a car, and little do they realize that has to do with the different paths that they walked, and is predominantly why they're the ones that are retired and you're not. He's odd. He's not here in the cube with us looking at screens. <clears throat> He's sitting in the car. Right, right now, 
Thankfully, no one's come out because everybody's at the grind right now. But here I am. I got my laptop. I got my microphone. I'm in the car recording, talking to myself. I know people will look at that. They'll say, that's weird. What's wrong with him? Something's odd. It's like, no, this is how the money is made. It's different. That's why you have a $350,000 mortgage on a $355,000 house, and I don't. (laughs) That's why I sleep in. That's why normally I'm in bed. Uh, in my jam jams, drinking my coffee, and you're stuck at the office in a commute. All right, that's enough. Um, do I want to? Should I do sponsors? Um, Steve's Jerky. I know that's a new one. We got Steve. We got two new sponsors: Steve's Jerky, and then of Personal Liberty. That's a uh, that's a book. Look look up Steve's Jerky. That's a he sells jerky online. I'll probably link to it. Uh on the blog and mention more details. I just don't happen to have my notes here right now. So Steve's Jerky is back. Um, and then um, a guy named Verl, not Earl, Verl, V-E-R-L. He wrote a book uh, of personal liberty, uh, the case against traffic citations or traffic, something something to do with the traffic. I forget the subtitle, uh, but that's available online. You can find that on Amazon.com. Um, I gotta do a review of that. I didn't bring my camera. Going to going to Wisconsin. Didn't bring my video camera. No asshole consulting. We'll get done today. <clears throat> I think I'll just go lie down and take a nap. Um, but I gotta upload this next. But uh, and you guys know the rest. You know what? Just go to my site, CaptainCapitalism.blogspot.com. You'll see all the sponsors there. Click on the things and the banners and the stuff. Donate to my Patreon. Blah 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 blah. All right, let's find some news. Now, listen, man, I like the news. You guys like the news? From uh, Bloomberg. This is not saucy or deed. It's just just something that stuck out to me. Chad, not our buddy Chad, but um, the country of Chad. Chad signs deal with Glencore after review of one billion debt. Uh, Chad signed a deal with Glencore PLC to restructure more than one billion in debt in an agreement that will help the African nation avoid a financial crunch. The review was signed on Wednesday and is a good outcome for Chad Guillaume Focal, a spokesman for the country's national oil company, said by phone from Paris. Under the terms of the agreement, the loan's maturity is extended to 12 years, while Chad will receive a grace period of two years, said Focal. The rate on the loan is also reduced to the benchmark LIBOR interest rate plus 2% from LIBOR plus 7.5%, while Glencore will guarantee the supply of oil for Chad's domestic refining requirements for the duration of the contract, he said. Glencore and its banks agreed in late 2015 to restructure two oil-for-cash loans with Chad, dating from 2013 and 2014, extending the repayment to seven years from an initial four years. Glencore initially lent the Africa country $600 million in 2013 through a so-called prepayment export deal in which a nation receives an advance on its oil sales and repays the debt by allocating crude cargoes to its creditors. Chad has few sources of foreign exchange other than oil and is the most underdeveloped, one of the most underdeveloped countries in the world, ranking 186 out of 188 in the United Nations Human Development Index. Of the $271 million in oil sales revenue in 2016, debt service costs paid to Glencore was $231 million, which left only $40 million to the Treasury, according to the International Monetary Fund. The lender, which approved a $312 million bailout for the nation in June, supports the agreement reached with Glencore, said Foucault. 
Glencore is pleased to have reached the deal and looks forward to working together across all aspects of our oil business, Alex Beard, global head of oil, said by email. Peter Grauer, the chairman of Bloomberg LP, is a senior member, is a senior independent non-executive director at Glencore. Here's just why it stuck out to me. <clears throat> Where did you idiots think it'd be a good idea to lend an African nation money? I know it was secured with oil, but I don't know if you've noticed Venezuela or other countries with oil. Uh, when did when has Africa ever paid back its loans? When have you ever made profit lending money to Africa? And what I I just it's just extend and pretend, saw it in banking the entire time. Of course, with a couple less zeros at the end of it. But what private sector company is out there like, hey, you know what? It's a great place to lend a couple million. Not to mention a billion? Uh, let's go to the Republic of Chad. And in 2013, 2014, you say, oh, now we have to refinance it in 2015? What, what is wrong with you idiots? Do you do any credit analyst or analysis? Do you do any due diligence? I just found it amazing. Okay, sure. Why the hell not? I'm sure there's some kind of underhanded dealing. I'm sure somebody made a a commission off of the off of the deal. But I, I, after 40 years, there's a couple things I'm running out of patience to be, you know, to pay lip service to, not even lip service, just, no, we're going to acknowledge things. Girls aren't as good as math at guys. Girls aren't as strong as guys. You've been lying to us this entire time about uh, the reality of the real world. And you don't lend money to Africa. Africa's never paid back anything. Ever. Never. It's like Argentina, when people like, after Argentina defaulted back in 1998, 1999, I'm like, oh, no one's going to lend money to Argentina ever again. Oh, no, you guys could rush back in. You couldn't lend those guys more money. And then they got the Kirchner gal. Was it Elliot Nestor? Nestor Kirchner? What was the gal's name? They're Hillary Clinton. You guys couldn't wait to lend more money to a socialist nation. Same thing here in the United States. Everybody defaulted on their uh, mortgages back in 2006, 2000. Oh, you can't wait to lend it to them again. Household debt to GDP super high. All right, what else we got? Now, listen, man, I like the news. You guys like the news? This was sent to me by an agent in the field, talking of Wisconsin, going to drive through there, from the American Thinker. Academics reeling as market discipline comes to the University of Wisconsin. I love Governor Walker. He makes all you adult children, like, at least get your nose shoved into the real world a little bit. If you were sick and tired of professors indoctrinating students in politicized classes that teach nothing of any use in the real life, and hate the idea that tenure immunizes them from accountability in the next decade or so is going to provide some relief, the reckoning is coming as shock professors at the University of Wisconsin campus just discovered. The higher education bubble that Professor Glenn Reynolds of Instapundit has forecast to burp has just popped at Stevens Point, Wisconsin. Oh, okay, I'm not going through Stevens Point, but let's check it out. Turns out you can't earn a living teaching subjects the students aren't that interested in. Even if you have tenure, Colleen Flaherty writes at the Chronicle of Higher Education. The University of Wisconsin at Stevens Point announced its plan to cut 13 majors, including those uh, in anchor humanity departments such as English and History, and all three of the foreign languages offered and with them, faculty jobs. Tenured professors may lose their positions. Oh, that's too bad. That is just too bad. See, what me, I'm, I'm pissed about is it took three decades for this to happen. 
the, the amount of stupid and brainwashing is is incomprehensible. It just I can't I can't believe it half the time. But it's so thorough that you guys keep lining up to go to school. You keep lining up to go to college. Now it's slowly starting to happen, so it's good. But it, this this bubble should have burst as quickly as like the dot com bubble, but it's not. Uh, the plan is part of the campus's point forward initiative to stabilize enrollment by investing scarce resources into programs Stephen Point sees as distinctive and in demand. Those include business, chemical engineering, computer information systems, conservation, law enforcement, fire science, and graphic design. This is only possible because of the GOP in the majority in the Wisconsin State Legislature passed and Governor Scott Walker signed a bill rolling back Wisconsin's ultra-strong tenure protection and state-funded higher education and the subsequent rewriting of related Board of Regents policies on tenure and program discontinuance. As a result, if a department is closed, the tenured professors in it lose their jobs. Oh, oh God, that's, that's so nice. That's so nice. Seeing you professors who have been sitting there in la-la land all this time, you are now going to be faced with having to find a real job in the real world. I know you'll keep applying for, for uh, academic positions. I'll know you go to other universities. But what's great, I mean, with that article in The Guardian, you got all these adjuncts, <laughs> some of which have to resort to prostitution, some of which are living in cars to make ends meet. It's it's poetic justice. It's poetic justice. These guys lived a lie. They lied to your children. They lied to us. They're parasites. And now they get to live the, 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 co- the cost of their consequences. They get to live with their mistakes. Finally. Finally. It's been charity that they've been able to be teachers this long. But now they finally have their comeuppance. As a matter of fact, in most other colleges and universities, this is already the situation. Tenure does not protect professors when the department is folded up, usually due to poor enrollments, sometimes due to exposure as quackery. See the history of phrenology, for instance. For generations, ever since the GI Bill offered subsidies to returning World War II veterans going to college, higher education has been expanding. The availability of federal student loans is only the latest subsidy that has enabled enrollments and tuition to climb simultaneously. At the same time, a college diploma has become a perceived requirement for many well-paying jobs. These factors enabled many disciplines not anchored in the hard sciences to drift off to political correctness territory, teaching subjects like homoerotic imagery in Shakespeare and other obsessive concerns of the left. As a result, enrollment in politicized humanities and social science departments have fallen as students motivated by jobs have focused more on utilitarian courses. Here's a list of departments being closed at the University of Wisconsin-Stevens Point, American Studies, Art, English, French, Geography, Geoscience, German, History, excluding social science or teaching certification, Music and Literature, Philosophy, Political Science, Sociology, Spanish. Oh, that's great. Oh, that's wonderful. I have no doubt that many, if not most, of the faculty members in these departments are solid scholars, devoted to the truth and the beauty of their disciplines. Really? I can't tell if he's being serious or not. And I love the humanities and social sciences of the pre-PC academia. Oh, he actually is being honest. I don't. I, 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 think, I think it died with the World War II generation. I think most of these professors and academians are, are just evil. They're just parasites. They're just scum. I received an excellent liberal arts education as an undergraduate and strongly believe that it provided me with valuable insights and skills. But alas, liberal arts disciplines have been thoroughly corrupted to the point where they are worse than useless in the hands of many professors. I went on to receive three graduate degrees, including a Ph.D. in sociology 
Just as the politicization was starting to take hold, I watched with great sadness in my heart as academia fell from its heights. There will be many innocent faculty victims of these closures. No, there isn't. No, no. I don't know how old you are, dude, but you sound like you're really old. You sound like it's like you went to school in the 60s or something. Um, I feel sadness for those who devoted many years of their lives to obtaining the graduate degrees necessary for teaching in higher education, but by standing by and allowing their disciplines to decline and ignore relevance and utility to students, they may bear some degree of culpability. They, They deserve it all. They deserve it all. The University of Wisconsin Stevens Point is a harbinger of a vast transformation that lies ahead for American higher education. The cohorts of students headed for colleges and universities is declining, and the tuition has now priced itself beyond the reach for many. The folly of student loan indebtedness is becoming clear to more and more young people and their parents. Really? <clears throat> I know it's, it's the American thinker. When is this going to be written at CNN? I know, I know it's not. That's how they make Democrats. Meanwhile, online higher education is available for a tiny fraction of the cost of physical presence on a campus, and the pay and job prospects of many blue-collar trades, where labor shortages are severe in many fields, will persuade many potential customers for a college degree to instead see better opportunities in vocational education. No doubt, those who celebrate this transition will be castigated as anti-intellectual barbarians, but the real barbarians are those who drove academia into the self-absorbed sessions of the left, making it irrelevant to the needs of students while overloading their schools with administrative deadweight that has pushed up tuition to unaffordable levels. Outstanding article. How come there are no comments on that? Oh, here's some comments. Good. Good. That's good to see. Good, good. Let your hate feed you. Well, thank you, Eric, for that article. All right, the old captain is going to go and get a little nappy-poo here and scare all the white people as he sleeps in their parking lot. So we'll uh, catch up with you kids later. Toodles.